Welcome to Simpsons time, boys and girls. Okay, it's New Year's Eve. And my favorite New Year's Eve moment in all of Simpsonsiana happens in episode 198, The Trouble with Trillions. Um, This is the episode that ends with Homer and Burns and Smithers going to Cuba, uh, making it also, you know, topical for that reason. But I chose it mainly because it's a New Year's Eve episode, or at least New Year's Eve sets the stage for what happens. Um, this is the excellent set piece in front of the town hall where they are all gathered. All the Springfield Deans are gathered to see the ball drop. Uh, which itself is kind of odd, you know, that their small town has a ball dropping onto the town hall. Or is it the post office that it drops onto? Anyway, the post office is seen like shortly thereafter, but uh, they're all gathered around and they see the ball drop and Wiggum has to shoot the ball and, you know, so that New Year's Eve actually can happen because the ball gets stuck. I like Krusty, drunk Krusty in his pajamas, by the way, singing... Auld Lang Syne with everybody. So the reason why we're seeing this is because we need to know how everybody does their taxes in Springfield. And uh, Flanders is the you know, ever the gallant to Homer's goofus And, you know, he is an example of how to do your taxes, not the right way, but like overdoing it the right way. So while everyone is celebrating on New Year's Eve at the stroke of midnight, Flanders is woken up in bed by people celebrating and the fireworks and stuff. And that reminds him that he has to finish his tax return that very night so that it's in the mail on January 1st. And his his anal retentive hysteria about that is very funny. Fast forward to April 15th and everybody else in Springfield is doing it just that day. And the post office is mobbed. And that's the funniest part of the episode because we see all these different characters, you know, doing their version of last minute taxes panic.
The sea captain, of course, is one of them. And we see him putting plundered jewels inside an envelope for the IRS. And his line, you know how much I love sea captain lines, is, Ah, sometimes I wonder why I plunder at all. Uh, it's either Lenny or Carl who forgets to carry the one when he's, you know, doing math on Professor Frank's back. I think it's Lenny. Um, Kent Brockman, as he's reporting from the panic-filled post office, of course, realizes that his own accountant, Myron, who we never see again, still hasn't done his Kent's tax return. And on and on and on. Uh, and yeah, Homer is the worst offender at all of all because he realizes when he's watching it on TV that he still has to do his tax return. He scrambles to do a very hasty one indeed. Throws it through the doors at the last minute and of course incurs a severe audit like all of you will if you don't do your taxes impeccably, guys. Um, this will not be the last time. I don't... It may be the first time that the FBI themselves are involved, but it won't be the last time. Um, Homer is going to be punished severely, maybe even go to jail, unless he helps out the FBI. as a result of him cheating so egregiously on his taxes. And what the FBI wants him to do is to recover a trillion dollar bill that has been lost since World War II, stolen by Montgomery Burns, intended for the allied countries uh, overseas, and it never reached them because Burns stole it. Um... The future episode that echoes this actually also begins with New Year's Eve. It's the one where Selma made out with Brian Seacrest on the TV screen and, um, you know, you see them all waking up hungover. That's the one um, called Donnie Fatso where Homer becomes friends with Fat Tony while he's trying to be an FBI informant on him and the FBI agent is played by John Hamm. That's like way far in the future. It was only a couple of years ago that that one happened. This one is in season nine, uh, which to my, I always consider that mid-period Simpsons. Um, the showrunners are Mike Scully for the most part, um, still Oakley and Weinstein sometimes. Um, and this one is written by Ian Maxstone Graham, who is very much part of that camp of those guys, Mike Scully and Oakley and Weinstein and Dan Graney and etc. Uh, but what stands out to me about his episodes is that they are very cruel. Sort of 
Swartzwelder level cruel, but without as much, like with even harder an edge, I think. Uh, he wrote the episode where Maud Flanders dies. And there's a lot of just very, almost uncomfortably horrible slash funny moments in that. Um, in this one, the cruelty really comes into play at the end when Castro, in turn, and by the way, it's not Castro's real voice. It's not actually Castro doing the voice. You guys. Uh, steals the trillion dollar bill from Burns. When he and Homer and Smithers have sought asylum in Cuba. And the very last shot of the episode is them in the middle of a raft in the middle of the ocean in tattered clothes. And I don't know, were they rescued by Mo? <laughs> we don't know how they got out of it. And it's better that way. It's better to just end with them hopelessly marooned. Can you be marooned in the water? I think you have to be on land, but you know what I mean. We get a good glimpse, another glimpse inside Burns Manor, which is always nice uh, when the two FBI G-men make Homer go in there uh, to find the trillion dollar bill. We see the Hall of Patriots that is like dioramas in the style of the Museum of Natural History kind of depicting ancestors of Burns doing various bad things to further the interests of Burns. Burns thinks Homer's from Collier's magazine. There's a little Smithers bit that I find a little homophobic and I don't care for that much where they say something like, oh, there's one, there's only one person capable enough, uh, to join us on our quest to flee from the government. And then they cut to Smithers in his like silk kimono ironing with his Barbie dolls or, you know, his uh, Malibu Stacy dolls behind him. I find that, you know, a little off color in a way that I was not comfortable with. Um, and really my favorite parts, and I think, most people's favorite parts are the beginning of this episode. Although it's fun to see them go to Cuba, I have to say. With the cool antique cars and so on and so forth. I also like that Castro says, Ay caramba! Which, uh, you probably already know is a well-known phrase in Simpsons land. Anyway, thank you.
for listening to Simpsons Time this afternoon. I'll be back in three weeks with another Simpsons Time and another show. Yay! Oh, one more thing. This writer, Ian Maxstone Graham, I haven't talked about him yet, uh, but something you should know about him is that he looks like the extremely tall man. And the design for the extremely tall man is very similar to how Max Stone Graham looks in real life. Okay, that's all you need to know. Bye. Thanks for listening to Simpsons Time Through the Deep Bigulator. My name is Amanda Nazario. I will talk to you again, not in three weeks, but in one week. Uh, and, you know, there are some pitfalls that come along with this podcast being a digest version of shows that already happened. Um, sometimes time information is not correct. Um, but, yeah, happily, there will be a new debigulator next week. You don't have to wait three weeks. Also... As usual, I have to correct myself with something that I said. The Trouble with Trillions was by no means the first glimpse we get at the FBI through the Simpsons lens. I mean, what about Bart the Murderer, right? Flowers by Irene? Psh. Sometimes I just get swept up in the moment listening to my own voice and I don't realize the errors that I'm making in my Simpsons recollecting. Anyway, wfmu.org slash playlists slash an and facebook.com slash Nazario Scenario. See you later.